In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The second commandment, with Luther's explanation, is the basis for this morning's homily. And of all the commandments, the second, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, is perhaps one of the easiest for us to skim over quickly. I think this is because often we don't see a problem here. We're tempted to think that we have not broken this commandment. We look at Luther's explanation and we think to ourselves, I have not cursed, I have not sworn by God's name, I haven't taken any false oaths, certainly I haven't been practicing witchcraft, I don't think I've lied or deceived by God's name, I guess I can move on to the third commandment. Well, we ought not think that the second commandment is some kind of a sleeper commandment. It should not be because it has to do with God's name and our use of his name. The second commandment directs our speaking about God in his name. His name is holy, and he gives it for Christians to confess before him and before the world. We have the responsibility of wearing and bearing his name. We go out in his name with his word, and we present ourselves as Christians, and we declare him But when we substitute our own words for his under the cover of his name, then we have a problem with the second commandment. We are not to take God's name as an endorsement for our own sin. If we call upon God to support a lie, we misuse his name. When we justify our own wrongful words or actions by invoking God's name, when we sin and then use God as our cover, then we have a serious problem. To use God's name in this way is to try to bring him in on our sinning and to suggest that he approves Now, history provides countless examples of sins committed in the name of God. The Crusades, holy wars, cruel conquests under the sign of the cross are just a few. And the name of God is still being misused in present history when leaders of churches claim in God's name that former sins are no more sins, that God's word does not mean what it says, then we have a misuse of God's name to cover sinful words and actions. But it's not just other people that have a problem with the second commandment. And we need to recognize that we're not immune from this kind of trouble ourselves. For instance... 
we may be tempted to set up correct theology as our idol, all in the name of God. Our concern to preserve pure doctrine and practice may at times result in our failure to deal with one another in Christian love. We may defend the cause of our theology at the expense of despising one another, dishonoring our leaders, and defaming the good news of others. And we do this here at the seminary. We do this in our congregations. This happens even in our own homes. And much harm is done, all under the cover of God's holy name. Now, is right doctrine necessary? Absolutely. Our right worship and right practice important in the church, of course. And pastors and others solemnly promise to perform the duties of their offices in accordance with the scriptures and the confessions. But that pledge is not to become an excuse for breaking God's commands. The pastor is not James Bond in a clerical collar. Ordination does not come with a license to destroy people for the cause of the gospel. We are not to disobey the law of love for God and neighbor in order to save the world from theological villains. Concordia Seminary is not the headquarters for the Lutheran Secret Service. M is not our esteemed president. Q is not your favorite prof. We don't have authorization to break commandments 1 through 10 when we operate in God's name. We don't get a pass on faithlessness. We don't have warrant to despise our superiors when we think that God will agree with us. We don't have sanction to hate someone and then speak badly of them when we're sure that God is going to back us up. We are not to use his name to cloak or cover our sins. And this is where we need the second commandment. We are not to misuse the name of the Lord our God. And in this commandment, we see our sin. God, forgive me. That is a right use of God's name. We are not to use his name to cover our sins. God is the one who uses his name to cover our sins. God's name is connected to who he is and what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. And he gives his name with water to wash over us, covering our sins and forgiving them. And in this name and in this water, he connects us to Christ's death on the cross 
And in his name is our salvation and our life. Christians do a lot in God's name. We live, we love, we serve in his name, we worship in his name, we have our sins forgiven, and we forgive one another in his name. We are married in God's name, we are buried in God's name, and so it should be for Christians who bear his name. Pastors are ordained into the holy ministry. Deaconesses are consecrated into the diaconate. Missionaries are missionaried in his name. And we, you, may be called to proclaim his name to the ends of the earth so that others may hear and believe in him. For in his name is forgiveness and salvation, and life. And in his name we pray, we praise, and we give thanks. Amen.